Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will continue his message, which is titled, We Are Responders. In this message, we will continue in our long series about bearing fruit by looking at how we can bear fruit as a part of the Rebuild Fellowship family. This is the middle message in a three-message sub-series that teaches on our response to the good news. The text for today's message can be found in Hebrews chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Hebrews chapter 10 and specifically to verse 32, as that's where Pastor Chuck will pick up today. So if you're in Hebrews 10, 32, we'll join with Pastor Chuck right now. Verse 32, but recall the former days. When after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings. Verse 33, sometimes becoming publicly exposed to reproach and affliction and sometimes being partners with those so treated. Verse 34, for you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. In other words, uh, uh, get your, uh, uh, your, 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 your Michael Jackson on, if you will, and remember the time. Remember that when you first got saved, remember no matter what you faced in that moment, what you, you knew God had your back. Oh, oh, I remember the, 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 the zeal of the young saints. No matter. You remember that your God could, he could show up just like the snap of your fingers. You called on his name. You praised him and you believed in that moment. It seemed like, boom, immediately the Lord would descend down and fight your battles. He would pray for you because you were so, had so much faith. You had so much assurance and confidence in, in the power and the promise of your God. And you know, once you called on him, he was going to show up on the scene. You knew he was going to do battle with ever, whomever he needed to do battle with. You just had this zeal and a like manner family. I want us to, to get back to that. I want us to get back to that. Uh, maybe some of us this season uh, of COVID, we keep using that as an excuse that COVID has held us back. No, 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 no. Faithlessness has held us back. And I'm not saying the season hasn't been difficult because it sure has been very difficult. It sure has been very challenging. And that's nothing to bat an eye at. This has been a very, very trying season, very trying season. But what I do know, I remember the times when I had a trying season before I knew COVID was ever going to be a thing. And I remember God was faithful then. And even in this situation, God will still be faithful now. That's what the author is impressing upon the people of God. Listen, I know it's hard. I know it's a challenging season. I know, I know, I know, I know it's the easier thing to do is to just give up and walk away. But God's grace is sufficient. Do not lose sight of that. Remember the times when he will fight for you. That mustard seed faith that you had when, when mountains were moving in your life. Before you knew what was actually happening, that, that your faith, your mustard seed faith was moving mountains in your life. Now that you come to the understanding of it, it's just like, uh, uh. Now I want you to get back to that point. When you walk with that expectation, you walk with that excitement, you walk with that zeal that your God can do anything but fail. Verse 35, he says this, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. In other words, I love what Pastor Marvin has sung about this. He said, this is not the time for giving up. 
This is, this is not the place where you should be. Not the time or the place to lie in defeat. You got to hold on. You got to be strong. This is not the time to question your faith. This is not your place of destiny. It's not the time or the place to throw in the towel. You got to hold on. You got to be strong. This is not the time or the place. In other words, what the, what the author is communicating through Hebrews chapter 10, that this is not the time or the place. This is not the time or the place. This is not the time for you to give up. This is not the time for you to walk in defeat. This is not the time for you to throw in the towel. This is not the time. Verse 37, he says, for yet a little while and the coming one will come and will not delay. But he says, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Verse 39, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. And what I want you to do in this moment, I want you to indicate those five verses, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39 as a forward posture. We looked at upward, we looked at inward, we looked at outward, and this last posture is forward. There's so many things that are, are contained here in those verses as we just walk through, but here's a few things that I wanna point out to us as we look at being responders of the good news of Jesus Christ. What it takes out of the scripture to be a responder of the good news of Jesus Christ. Now. As I look at these back in the verses, very quickly, what I'm going to do is just quickly point you back. I'm going to quickly give those, and I'm going to quickly point you back to the five good news reasons. Going back to verse five, consequently, when Christ came into the world, five reasons why Christ came that was the good news for us. That was the receiving of the good news that we looked at on last message. And we're going to use that as a building block for this message. So there were five, not an exhaustive list of reasons why I gave on last message to help us understand how we are to be a receiver of the good news because Christ came for us, right? His five good news reasons why Jesus Christ came. And again, it's not an exhaustive list. From verses seven through 10 of Hebrews chapter 10, we learned that he came to do the will of the Father. Verses 11 and 12 of Hebrews chapter 10, the second thing we learned is to be our atoning sacrifice. The third thing that we looked at from verse 13 of Hebrews chapter 10 is that he came to destroy the works of the devil. The next thing that we looked at was to sanctify us and to make us partakers of the divine nature. And the fifth thing that we looked at was to give us an abundant life out of verse 18. And now there are three action steps, if you will, and a bonus one that we'll see as it relates to being a responder of the good news of Jesus Christ. But I want to ask a question before I give these. And here's that question. Can we truly receive and be blessed by the promises of Christ if we're not following the instructions of Christ? Can we truly be blessed? Can we truly receive, excuse me, and be blessed by the promises of Christ if we're not willing to follow the instructions of Christ? And so as we look at these re responses as the body of Christ, hopefully it will help us to see how we can then access the promises of Christ and the fullness that he wants us to experience them. Can we truly receive and be blessed by the promises of Christ if we do not follow the instructions of Christ? Here are these instructions. Here's all the instructions. This is what the author gives us as the what to do and the how to do it. And here, the pithy statement we say a rebuild about this is we work the word because the word works. Here we go. Number one, verse 22, let us draw near 
with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with a heart sprinkled clean from an evil compass and bodies washed with pure water. This is that upward posture, that vertical posture. This is, this is the what we do and how to do it, that our affections of our hearts should be on Christ and on Christ alone. This reminds me of the contemporary hymn uh, uh, on Christ alone. He says, my hope is found. He is my light. He is my strength. He is my song. It reminds me of King David in Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail to eat of my flesh, my adversaries and my foes, it is they who stumble and fall. The Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. It's the same tone and tenor. It's the same posture that the, that, that, that the author is communicating to the Jewish believers. And he's saying, listen, even in the midst of, of trying times, be confident in who your God is and what your God has said and what you know your God has done. Verse 4, King David says, one thing have I asked. That will I seek after, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For watch this, for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent. Do you hear the response to this good news? And I will offer in his tent sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. It's it's an upward posture. I'm looking to the hills from which cometh my help. All of my help comes from the Lord. And doesn't this sound like someone who has a true heart, full in assurance of faith, and that has been sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and bodies washed with pure water? And that is how to do it, exactly how this verse outlined. Now, let's go deeper real quick for a moment, real briefly. Remember that the author, watch this, Contextually, I want you to understand this, that the author is addressing those believers who would have had knowledge of the Old Testament and specifically the sacrificial system for the atonement of the sins of the people in the Old Testament. This was the way the priests of old had to draw near to God. And so what they would do, um, um, Moses, if you look back this in Exodus 24, Moses uh, uh, would sprinkle blood on the altar and then he even sprinkled blood on the people. I know, I know, I know it's not anything we would do today. Day. Thank God to Jesus that we don't have to do this today because that was the way that we received our our pardoning, the forgiveness of our sins. That is the way the, the, the priests used to have to wash themselves before they went into the temple. They had to cleanse themselves with the water as a way of saying their bodies cleanse with pure water. So now we were cleansed by the washing of the word of God in our lives. And the blood of the lamb has been applied to the doorpost of our souls, right? Because Christ has paid it all. He shed his blood for us. He was that sacrificial lamb that shed his blood for each and every one of us. And the blood that he's referencing, again, they would understand the, the, the sacrificial system of the Old Testament. So when he's using this language of sprinkle clean, that, 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 that the blood has been sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and bodies washed with pure water, he's taking them back to how the priests would have to uh, go in into the temple and to make uh, uh, go into the holy holy that place to make atonement for the sins of the people and the blood my brothers and sisters it represents the sealing of the covenant between God and his people it represents the new life we have in him because of him it represents that his death on the cross was the perfect and ultimate sacrifice on behalf of the sins of mankind and served as the means for our atonement Christ 
is our propitiation. He was the one who was our substitutionary atoning sacrifice for us. It's not our works that we can boast in. It's his work. He did the work necessary for our salvation. And because he knows your struggle, because he knows your trial, because he knows your circumstance, because he knows your pain, because he knows your grief, and the list goes on and on and on, we can come to him with an upward posture that says, Lord, I'm coming to you. I'm coming under you with humility and I'm coming you with honesty and I'm coming you in hope. I'm coming to you in humility, knowing that you are the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and I respect you and reverence your holiness. I'm coming to you honestly. Lord, I have a broken heart. I have a crushed spirit. Lord, I need you. I'm dependent on you and you alone, and I have hope. God, you can do this. You can help me. You can aid me in my trial or my struggle, which leads us to the next response, the second response. The second response from the text, he says, uh, number two in verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful. If there ever was a verse that I would love the saints of God to memorize collectively and here rebuild fellowship. Here's a memory verse for us that I want us to hold on to, grab a hold of and commit to our hearts and to our minds. Here it is. Verse 23 of Hebrews chapter 10. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Not was, not will be is forever. That's just his nature. That's just how he was rose. This is an inward posture. I make this declaration with my heart and mind aligned. This is the inward posture. This is what this is the what to do. The question is, am I remaining in faith? Am I holding fast, not letting go this confession of faith that I have, that my God is well able, that my God is mighty, that my God is stronger, that my God is better, that my God is, 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 is for me, that my God is here with me. That confession of faith, that, that the promises of Christ are, are promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, that he'll never leave or forsake me. Am I standing on the promises of Jesus, the author of life, or am I stumbling from the problems of my life? Am I remaining firm in my faith? Am I standing on the promises of Jesus, who is the author of life, or am I stumbling from the problems of my life? He provides here the what to do and the adds on the how to do it without wavering. In other words, be anchored that your soul is anchored in the Lord. Oh, don't make me bring in the Reverend James Cleveland. I won't go old school like that. But he says, my soul is anchored in the Lord. And he points to this, this golden thread theme that he has to use to stitch this truth in the hearts from chapter one until now. For he who promised is faithful. This means to not only hold tightly to the promises of God at the same time, it also means to prevent yourself from not believing in our faithful God and his faithfulness. So let me bring back the song, the contemporary hymn in Christ alone again. He says in Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song, this cornerstone, this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm that your God remains faithful and you can stand on that. You can build your life on that. You can build your hopes on that because he is your cornerstone. Uh, you, you all know about 
core exercises. You probably heard this before, core exercises, you know, right here in this area. You know, you're doing your sit-ups, you're doing your lunges, you're doing your planks, uh, uh, you're doing all the, did I say lunges? You're doing your uh, planks, uh, you're doing your sit-ups, uh, you're doing all these core exercises. And what, what does that do? What, what, what is the purpose of doing core exercises? Well, according to the medical professionals, they say this, your core stabilizes your body, allowing you to move in any direction as well as having proper balance. It helps prevent falls and supports your body. So having a strong core is beneficial to everyone because it allows your body to function properly. It improves balance and stability. Listen to what 2 Peter 3 says. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away. Hold fast. Take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be both glory now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So what am I, what am, what am I impressing on you, right? right? Hold fast to that. Come. It's got to be in your core. It's got to be, it's got to be, hold fast to your confession of faith without waving for his problems. It's got to be in your core. And watch when it does that, it gives you the ability to walk properly. It doesn't allow you to stumble or lose your stability. It keeps you on the righteous, narrow path. You got to hold fast. It's got to be in your core. It's got to be in your center. Jesus at the center of the all is what the song says. It's got to be at your core. Why? Because it helps prevent falls and supports your body. Am I standing on the promises of Jesus? the author of life or am I stumbling from the promises of life listen to what uh, uh, what believer what one believer said a while back he said God cannot change he cannot be anything other than who he is out of his love and his promises you were selected as his treasure God's faithfulness has been the bedrock of his dealings with humanity throughout time and so he said that because he realized that I need to hold fast to my confession of faith without wavering and that's why that's an inward focus because we have to constantly assess not only what we are choosing to believe, but who we are choosing to believe. The God we serve remains faithful when we are faithless because he cannot deny who he is. And with that truth, that becomes our core strength. And we are to now go and strengthen someone else. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode where Pastor Chuck finishes his message entitled, We Are Responders.